You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Welcome back to the SG Drive-In. I'm one of your hosts for today's episode, the Midwest's favorite son, Brandon Knight, joined today by everybody's favorite Josh, Joshua Knoll, and the Philadelphia boy himself, Joe. Gentlemen, seeing good movies so far this summer? Hmm. Sounds like a rousing no. Bob's Burger movie. That was, was I, that? I enjoyed it. Okay. I haven't seen it yet. I could have easily seen it at home and been just fine, but it's kind of fun getting to see Bob's Burger in a in a grander environment. Sure. Makes sense. Like, yeah, sure. They did this. And I'm glad they did. <laughs> I don't know if it's for everybody, but That's how those adult cartoon movies usually end up being anyway. Yeah. yeah. A, you must have misheard, but Brandon said good. B, um, I had the opportunity. We talked about this when when Josh and I talked about uh, Star Trek, but I had the opportunity to see Star Trek, the motion picture in theaters um, a couple of weeks ago, and it was phenomenal. Nice. Uh, as for me, you know, I uh, I've seen several movies already this summer because gosh darn it, are these episodes for Stranger Things this season so dang long? I'm not here for it. The, the season's great, but I'm just not here for the length of these episodes. Well, then let's get into today's episode. We are back here for our summer blockbuster series. And, you know, we got to talk in and we realized how can we do a summer blockbuster series without talking about the granddaddy of them all? The one who started this whole thing, Jaws. Plus, we took a look at the calendar, and if we inserted one more movie, it was going to take us to Labor Day, which is the unofficial, official end of summer for most people. Not for me. I always started school way before Labor Day, but that's besides <laughs> the point. So we're here today to talk about Jaws. This is... This is the summer movie for me. If we weren't going to cover it this year, I was going to make a plea bargain to have it recorded next year. Just everything about this is so summer. It's the beach. It's Memorial Day weekend. It's the ocean. It's sharks. I don't know what the sharks part has to do with summer, but... And we always had, growing up, we had a set of movies that we would watch every single summer. The Indiana Jones trilogy was a part of that. The original Star Wars trilogy was a part of that. Eventually, the the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy joined in that. Uh, My mom is a big Harrison Ford fan, which is evident because I wrote the list, and there's only Harrison Ford movies on this list for this summer. Um, So we would always watch one of his like random insert Harrison Ford flick here and Jaws. That was usually what we would watch throughout the summer to get things started. I love this movie. It is so good. Josh, what were you going to say? Yeah, uh, little most people don't realize that uh, this is actually a Harrison Ford film. Yeah, he was the shark. Yeah, he Um, is the shark. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's how that goes. Um, So this wasn't really as much in my periphery as a kid i remember the first time i was introduced to the concept of jaws was actually the first time that i was at disney world i was seven um my sister was a part of the band and they did um like rotating band trips every year and one of the every seven years they would do um a trip to disney world and so 
my my mom, my sister, and I all went with the with the group and all that. And I remember seeing this giant animatronic shark. And like I didn't grow up surprisingly being on the east coast i didn't grow up really close to a beach you had to drive at least an hour if not a little bit further to get to a legitimate beach you could go to any number of lakes anywhere that's one thing but like an actual out and out beach and so i i will absolutely admit to the fact that this is not one of those movies like some of the others that you guys have heard me gush over where there's no real tie for me. Like it's, it's a fun popcorn flick. Like I, okay. I, I will admit to what it is except for when people call it horror, but we'll get there. Um, we will get there. But yeah, I mean, all, all in all, an average movie, I would say that, that Moby Dick did it first and better. So there's that, but. First, yes. Better no. The characters are just so much better developed in this. I just, I, and that, that's one thing for me. I, I will enjoy characters more than I enjoy plots a lot of the time. If you get the okay. character right, I'm like, cool, sure, whatever. Which is part of why I've been so okay with a lot of the MCU movies is where I'm like, hey man, they might have really missed a lot of this story, but they got the character. Sure. That's what I wanted to see on the big screen was Captain America. Sure, it wasn't his exact story, but that was him. <laughs> so I know that there are um, Jaws apologists out there that will absolutely fight me on this one, but it's interesting because I, I'm like I'm like you, the the plot is third in the hierarchy for me. Lived in world, immersive, let me feel the atmosphere and all of that. Cool, good. That that is. That is the surefire way to get me hooked. Compelling characters is a second. If you can flesh out the characters, if you can if you can make me care about them, then I will care a lot more. The actual plot of the movie, yeah, it's always good to tell a good story. But mm-hmm. if you have those other two pieces in place, then that third one becomes a lot more forgivable if it's not there. And And to me... Going back and watching this movie in preparation for this, he just kind of kind of comes across this generic fisherman number five, like nothing real compelling. Hmm. Like I, I understand what they were going for, but that's why I say things like Moby Dick did it first and better because other other works to me were able to flush out that role, that role that. The main character, I, I know most people say Jaws is the main character. The, the shark is the main character. The shark is not the main character. But... <laughs> but that but would be correct. He is not. That, that <laughs> human... Shark. Right. <laughs> that human element is is just... Meh? Just kind of falls flat for me. Okay. Like, I get, I get it. He's after him and all this kind of stuff. But, like, why do I care? I don't. Just to clarify, are you talking about all three of the main characters? Are you talking about specifically like the chief who's like trying to track down the shark? Are you talking about the guy who actually has the boat? So I'm trying to harpoon it. Yeah. So I, I, in at first I was talking about the chief, but I guess a lot of what I'm saying could be 
extended out to the other characters as well, that they all kind of fall into this category of like, not the reason why I would be watching it. Like I said, popcorn flick, sometimes you shut off your big brain and you just enjoy a popcorn flick with a giant man eating shark in it and be good with that. And that's when I watch this movie, that's what I'm good with, but it doesn't go any further than that for me. Okay. Okay. I watch it for Hooper, just that character alone. Like even when I can't remember like a lot of the specifics of the movie, I'm like, that's just one of those rare characters that just stands out that I love that character Um, to me felt very human. I actually really liked mayor Vaughn as a bad guy. (laughs) Okay. I feel like he was a better bad guy than Jaws. That being said, you know, Jaws is still my favorite universal monster. So there's that hop off. That's, that's a joke. Oh, that is a boy. joke. <laughs> <laughs> the response from Joe. You did that on purpose. <laughs> I did. I did. I, I know that that's Joe's favorite. I don't want to take it from him. So, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, uh, I will. I will say the human element of the antagonist role was better than the shark being in the yeah. antagonist role. I thought that sure. added some, some some substance to the movie that would have otherwise just been a disaster flick. Yes. Yeah. I actually I think it's really interesting to look at the sales for Jaws did really well at drive-in theaters the year of 2020. Yeah. And when you compare Mayor oh, Vaughn yes. to our political leaders at the time with not getting political, not naming anyone specific, you are the only but person man. who always wants to make it political and you always have to go, but it's not, I'm not trying to get political. Well, well guys, I'm right. not trying to, ma- I'm not trying to, I got to back this. Don't, don't pull a hamstring backing up. Buddy. Like, listen, listen, I'm not trying to get partisan is what I mean. Okay. I'll get political all day. Okay. I'm not calling either side out, but there sure was a lot of people saying things like, Hey man, if you yell shark, that's bad for business. But yeah, a shark I, guy. I, I will agree that the mayor, it, there is a lot of similarities to how the mayor operated in the movie to a lot of what we saw by many politicians across the board in 2020. That is the most politically correct way I can think to say that. <laughs> yeah. And I do agree also, Josh, before I go to you, Joe, I do also agree. I agree that for the most part, it's just generic fisherman number five. Other than Hooper, I do really like Richard Dreyfus. When I turn on this movie, I know I'm in for a good laugh with him. So I do yeah. agree with you on that as well. Yeah. Joe, here for well, the comedic relief. Love those right, guys. <laughs> right. So rapid fire. Love Richard Dreyfus. He's one of those actors that kind of transcends the role for me. I think he's good in, sure. in most everything that I've ever seen him in. Um, as far as everything regarding the commentary on 2020 i will say yes and then look guys here's the segue i'll grab the wheel and turn us in the other direction (laughs) you mentioned uh drive-in theaters that was one of the coolest things for 2020 for me to be able to see these timeless classics in a medium like drive-ins that you know people that that uh, have you know everybody from from will's age (laughs) on through to tj's age bookmarking the two ends of the spectrum for for the panel here that that's a that's a an experience that some (laughs) you know grew up with but others that had the opportunity to be able to experience that same kind of 
nostalgia trip, even if it's not nostalgic for them. Back on Jaws, <laughs> back on Jaws for a moment. I believe it was the immortal Jack Black in the movie The Holiday who said that it's amazing what John Williams was able to do with two notes to be able to create one of the most iconic scores and iconic villain-esque characters, antagonist characters. This is part of the reason why I think Jaws has transcended and become just like this cultural phenomenon is the score. Yeah, yeah. Um He's actually yeah. said that this was the movie that he thought really made him like took his career off and really it might be true. A lot of the stuff that I knew him from is later on. So it's true. Yeah, that's there. There's so many of these movies that we are going to be covering throughout the summer that all walked so that way the current crop of movies could run. You've got the Avengers uh, uh, mm. ensemble piece and and these these modern day really big um, soundtracks, but you don't have any of that without mm. Star Wars, without Jaws, mm. without Indiana Jones. Mm. Without Jurassic Park. I can't even describe so on and so the on. amount of just joy I get when I hear the Indiana Jones theme. Like when I go to oh, Disney, yeah. if I don't get the chance to go to the Indiana Jones spectac Spectacular, I'll still just walk by there to see if I can hear it. <laughs> like, just to hear, yeah. hear the yeah, music. Just, hear just the music, man. Yeah. And yeah. that's one of those, I think one of those like necessary ingredients for it to be a summer blockbuster. Sure. has to have a killer theme. And we see that a lot in killer. a lot of these movies. Killer, literally, in this case. And we see that a lot in the films we're going to be covering. We're going to be doing the Indiana Jones films. We're covering Jaws here. Superman 2, the Superman th soundtrack, or at least the Superman song, is another one of those that has transcended Phantom Menace. The entire soundtrack to Tarzan. Again, Josh, that is actually the best Disney soundtrack. Nope. Just, so you, just so you can be reminded. Nope. Whatever. We'll have Top this five. fight. Top five, though. We'll have this fight when we get to that episode. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, that this is part of the recipe. You need a great soundtrack. You need great characters. A Harrison Ford definitely helps as well. Yeah, yeah. Steven Spielberg certainly helps as well. And this was Spielberg one doesn't, of his doesn't. earlier movies, too. Also, the first film filmed on the ocean. Which was it the being, first one on the ocean? I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, it was the first one actually filmed on the ocean. There were some that were filmed near it or, you know, tried. You know, but this first one filmed on the ocean. Okay. Being a big beach guy, being a big Fourth of July is one of my favorite holidays. You know, I this checks all of the boxes as far as like themes and feelings that I like. Has okay. the nostalgia in Hooper as a character. I'm just that sells it for me. Mayor Vaughn as a villain. I'm like, man. I, I really enjoy this movie. I'm about to have to try and watch it again. Unfortunately, you can't stream it for free anywhere, but for four bucks, I think you can watch it on Amazon. So, okay. Probably I'll worth four that. bucks. Um, I would say so. Definitely a $5 DVD bin at Walmart pickup. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. You know, Spielberg went more than double his budget. This was like, imagine just like, I think it was like his second or third film. <laughs> more than double his budget. Um, production for one part was supposed to be 15 days. It took him 115. <laughs> 
Oh my he, goodness. I, I've heard yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah. Apparently he's, he said that he really didn't think he was going to get hired again after this. It's a good thing it did well at the box office. It really is. Or we and would have in been so deprived. As well. <laughs> Without this, we wouldn't have had Indiana Jones. We wouldn't have had uh, E.T. I mean, you, you think of all these things that he was able to do after this. Um, I mean, Animaniac, List. Jurassic Park. <laughs> you said Animaniac. Yeah, Schneider's yes. List. Oh, what's, I can't think of the other one. It's like something purple. It was one of the smaller films he did. He oh. did so much, so much good. So much good oh, yeah. in the world was done by this. <laughs> yes. It's one of those fixed time po- fixed points in reality, like we have been learning about on all things MCU lately. Um, so let's have the argument now, because Joe and I <laughs> briefly had this argument over. It, we, we didn't even really have an argument. You just raised the question. Um, Jaws, horror film. Is it a horror film? And I actually want Josh to go first because I know what Joe and I said. So, Josh, is Jaws a horror film? I would describe it as a thriller film. Okay. I I I could understand why someone at the time that it came out would have thought it was horror. I could understand it. I still would think they're wrong. Thinking it now just seems absurd. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, I just don't understand why anyone would think that today. Okay. Because it's not... A lot of your elements of horror that I'm aware of just aren't really there. It's a lot more suspense than horror. Suspense, thriller type yeah. of thing. Okay. Joe, obviously we both agreed it's not a horror film. Right. So this gets lo- looped into horror for a lot of the reasons why Alien gets looped into horror. Because... Alien? Yeah, so the xenomorph... I mean, Alien is kind of scary. <laughs> People are weird, man. Well, the xenomorph is supposed to be like the slasher of the film. Same thing with, with the shark. That it's supposed to be this this killer that can't be stopped and is lurking in the shadows or in this case under the water to tear people to shreds and all of that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. The issue is outside of that, right? Outside of just drawing the one for one comparison that says, Oh, it has a thing in it that kills people. It must be horror. Outside of that, there's nothing else that actually ties it to the genre. And it's the same thing for Alien. Mm-hmm. Alien isn't a horror movie. It's a sci-fi movie with aliens happen to kill people. That, that's it. It's sci-fi. It's not a horror. So so for for this, I would I would say I could I could live with natural disaster, like we talked about, Brandon, and I could be fine with that. Um, thriller is another good one. Mm-hmm. I would even go as far as to say an action movie, you know, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I feel like people just get confused. I'm like, scary, scary means horror. <laughs> it's gonna, it, it does not. It's intense because it can, it is intense. But like you said, even at the time in the seventies, what did we have in the seventies? That was, Halloween was coming out. Texas Chainsaw Massacre was coming out. Yeah. Was Nightmare on Elm Street? That was the eighties, wasn't it, Joe? Yeah. So, yeah. so you at least have two of the most iconic guys who are just going to go around and kill people at night, just with uh, Leatherface and Michael Myers. So, to also then at the time say Jaws is a horror film is a bit of a stretch. 
especially even though not to downplay though the idea that there were people who were genuinely terrified though of going near bodies of water because they thought sharks were going to then eat yeah. them which okay. is why i make the argument that it is a disaster flick because yeah. disaster films are typically humans against nature rather than humans pitted against each other so when i lived in the midwest when i lived in in uh minnesota i was it just lake culture right like it's that's very yeah. it's a very very real thing out there and i met people who legit had a very very big problem with water because of jaws here's my only problem with that watch a documentary watch science channel for 30 <laughs> seconds and you'll find out that that's not sure. actually how sharks operate you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes, it only takes one and you know you can't see it. And I, I, I get kind of, but science disputes you. And I side with science on this one. You know what I mean? Like, right. I just don't. And maybe it's because I started off with the heavy hitters, but even in comparison to it's at that point in time, contemporaries, you're talking about the seminal slasher movie of all time in Halloween, mm -hmm. like the one mm -hmm. that set the bar that was never <laughs> actually touched in that style of, of, of slasher flick, like the supernatural mm -hmm. slasher flick, Freddy all day. But with, <laughs> with Halloween, like in, and even Texas Chainsaw, right? Texas Chainsaw is a gross movie. It is a dirty movie. You need to you need to go watch. You need to go take a shower after you watch that movie because it's just gritty. And then you've got this bright and 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 sunny movie with a shark that kills people. Right. Like like I said, big you know popcorn flick. Yes, scary. I don't think so. Sure. Yeah, I, yeah, I like suspense for this. Um, just fun, fun, random little things. I go to, I have a universal annual pass. So I go to there a lot and I grew up in Florida. So we went to the beach, we went to universal and stuff a lot. My first introduction to this movie was the Jaws ride at universal, which was taken out nice. because of Harry Potter world, which is the only slight I have against Harry Potter world. <laughs> Sky enjoyed that. Why'd you take it away? Um, there's still one in Japan, apparently. That ride still does exist. But, um, yeah, so there was that. And then I've always spent a lot of time at the beach growing up, too. So it's really interesting that I grew up with just this understanding that sharks aren't mean. They're not scary. Gators. Gators are mean. Those are scary. Gators. Yeah. We need For me, a... that's always been the big scary thing in the water. Like, I'm like, forget Jaws is cool, but. Forget Sharknado. Give Josh, give Josh Gator NATO. I will not that watch that. Sound right at all. <laughs> oh man! But I um, I, I wanted to get back to you know, not talk about the political stuff or any of that. But I, I did want to kind of get your guys' take. You have to have an economy running in order for society to continue. But obviously, there is this line of, which is what they play with in the movie of. How valuable is human life compared to how valuable is society continuing? And I was curious, what other themes in this did you guys see that you thought really were impactful from it? Was it just that, hey, this is fun, or were there a lot of were there other things that really stood out to you? One thing for me, I was reflecting on this earlier. 
knowing that Josh was going to ask some type of question like this. Um, it has really astounded me how many times going back to this disaster flick idea that I have for this movie, it has astounded me how many times here on the show we have brought up IPs related to the environment. We've done episodes and it's been touched on in Godzilla, Ultraman, Captain Planet, Groot, literally every time I talk about the Lord of the Rings, like <laughs> some type of protect the environment, take care of the earth thing comes up. And we haven't even gotten to like Swamp Thing or Animal Man yet. Yeah. What's interesting about disaster flicks, though, is that it's almost that check and balance of like, yeah, we should be decent humans and take care of the planet. But also the earth and the environment and the weather and the stuff that's out there is outside of our control to some degree. Yes. Jaws definitely demonize sharks more than they really, more than Spielberg really probably intended to do. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm listening to 20,000 leagues under the seas and in the opening forward by some person, he talked about how it's interesting to him that we're trying to explore more and more of space when we haven't even gotten to the very depths of the ocean and really comprehended what's like right here still on our planet. So that's something for me, just kind of running with this idea of the disaster flick that, yeah, we should be taking care of the earth and recycling and all that be good stewards. But also this idea of like, there is an element to this that we can't control that it's scary and it's powerful and we need to be mindful of that. So there was a, a movie that I remember was, a, it was a preview on the, um, in the Indian in the cupboard, uh, the VHS oh, okay. that I, that I had growing up. I can't remember what the name of the movie was, but it was this movie about basically the Loch Ness. It's a giant, like a giant sea creature movie. And it, but it was done in a way that wasn't like a weird cryptid movie, but like it was like it kind of tried to be free willy, except for with this giant sea creature. And that's awesome. <laughs> that movie did more for scaring me as a young child for gigantic sea creatures than, mm. than something like a Jaws did or something like that. Like, that kind of unexplored, we don't actually know, and there could be these gigantic, almost dinosaur-esque creatures that we have mm -hmm. no idea about, and you are literally helpless to uh, against it sort of thing. So I absolutely vibe with what you're saying. Jaws doesn't get me there, but I do understand the concept that you are sure. talking uh, talking about. To answer Josh's question... And, and and I can tell Josh, you are you are chomping for somebody to bite on this line that you keep throwing out there. So I'll go ahead and bite real quick. <laughs> um, yeah, we've we have seen. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hurt myself with trying to be this politically <laughs> correct. Um, we have we have seen what it looks like firsthand in our generation to put the to put the value of society over the value of human life. We have we've seen that now. That is that is a thing mm -hmm. that has happened in our lifetime. And part of why I don't allow myself to go there 
And it's part of me holding back a little bit on that thinking deeper thing and all of that is then I won't watch Jaws anymore. I, I won't, I won't, I will be <laughs> done with the movie, with the movie because mm -hmm. that's still very sore subject to me. That's a very, uh, we saw some pretty disgusting things happen over the last couple of years. I'm not, I'm saying universal. I'm not, I'm, I'm not holding back on anybody. I'm taking shots at everybody, left, right, center, red, blue, green, in between. I don't care. I don't care. Everybody screwed up over the last couple of years. And that, is probably I can see how that kind of that kind of thing being talked about in the seventies is right seventies. Yes. Yeah. Um. It, it, I I see the value in talking about that. I do, and I see the I see how interesting it is that that it's almost presented in kind of like this megalomaniacal mustache mustache twir twirling sort of <laughs> sort of thing. Where it's almost like hypothetical, in in a way, um, it's not hypothetical anymore, and that's that's a thing. And and I understand somebody from a different generation's pointing to something else where they could say that it wasn't just 2020 and it wasn't just the pandemic and all of those kinds of things. But that's what's in that's what's in recent memory. And in at my age bracket, yes, there are other tragedies that I can point to that came first but this is this was the first one where i was hyper aware of the political religious um systematic overall mm -hmm. response to something like this and how those kinds of things get valued and don't get me wrong i own a business i am literally the most capitalistic person probably out of this panel like i i get capitalism mm -hmm. i do probably but <laughs> that's what makes me a terrible capitalist in certain ways because i can't bring myself to value the society continuing and economics continuing and mm -hmm. all of these kinds of things over individuals dying I think that whole utilitarian argument, the every everything from utilitarianism to the slippery slope and all of that stuff, I think ninety nine percent of that can be very easily explained away when people look at things logically. Stop thinking about things in in terms of weighing this and weighing that and existential this and all this kind of stuff. No, 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 no. Think about it logically for thirty seconds. And you'll see the path forward. And that's kind of where I land with something like this um, without, without really becoming immersed because I don't, my, my, my mama told me that if I ain't got nothing nice to say, then I ain't saying nothing at all. Like I, I don't have anything <laughs> nice to say about any of the political stuff. None of it. None, not a single solitary bit of it, not for anybody, not for anything, but I, I can at least appreciate that even if it was inadvertent, which I don't know if it was or not. I don't know if this was something that was like a um, a purposeful commentary piece to this overarching uh, movie, or if it just kind of happened to be 
a bit of a commentary piece. Um, I can see the value in in exploring that. It's just, I don't know. To me, that takes away from the overarching movie of it all. You know, I always felt like that was one of the the main points of it. I kind kind of want to tie both of what you guys said together. Joe, the thing you like to say or like to complain about with Disney in the whole oh, humans, you can just decide to be good. I mean, uh, this is clearly we can't, right? I mean, if there was ever a time to decide to be good, it would have been now. It would have been during these kind of moments. Mm-hmm. And when I think about what this movie shows, the priorities of man, when I show the stuff Joe talks about, the priorities of man, and then thinking about how much of the ocean we haven't explored. And I mean, all of this to me has to get spiritual. I think, you know, I know pastors like to show space and see how big everything is out there. And that's supposed to remind us of God. But when I think just how big the ocean is and how much we haven't seen of that yet, right. mm-hmm. that's what really reminds me of how small we are. Thinking about these themes of how just wicked society is. I, I have to believe there is a God for things to be this complex. And I have to see our need for us out for a savior when I see just how bad off we are yeah true true you know somewhere deep down in the ocean city of atlantis yeah cthulhu is supposed to rise out of the deep we haven't found any of this stuff yet can't wait but but you but you are right josh like this this film inadvertently speaks to both the bigness of our god as creator and also just as a society our general need for a savior because we're very selfish and very greedy and very inward focused as humans. Mm-hmm. And Joe, every time you start swinging at everybody, it reminds me of that Royal rumble when uh, stone cold came out and there was a ton of people in the ring and he just like cleans house and tosses everyone. That's what, whenever this happens and there's your wrestling reference for this episode, <laughs> guys, last thoughts before we start wrapping this one up. This is one of those that if you are, if you are a cinema fan, and you have not seen this movie, do do yourself the favor and watch the movie for cinema's sake. Because this this falls very much in line with movies like Pulp Fiction, movies like The Matrix, um and and, and others. Those are the first two that pop into my mind where over Psycho, Citizen Kane, a lot of those classic ones as well. Right. Where where a lot of the conversation um lends itself to the impact that it had overall on cinema more than just talking about the movie itself. So there'll be beats that you may see in this that you may recognize from other IP elsewhere that took inspiration from this movie. So like I said, if you're a cinema fan and you like the history of movies and things like that, do yourself the favor, check it out. Joe is correct. That was a TJ-like response. All right, well, let's just wrap this up then. Okay, so in uh, last week's kickoff episode, Joe and I briefly discussed what our go-to theater snacks are. Josh, why don't you tell us, you did mention your wife doesn't like or can't tolerate the smell of popcorn. So are you? do you get something else? Do you get anything? What do you do? Well, these days I get nothing. Uh, Prime. Partially because, you know, the popcorn thing. Partially because 
that costs less money to get nothing. True. And um, yeah, but but growing up, my brother and I, we used to we both got would split a giant thing of popcorn and a thing of a crunch candy, the little crunch candies, and we pour it oh. in the popcorn and mix it up. So you got that like chocolate, the sweet, okay. the salty, the butter. It was great. Good times. Nice. I never mix them, but sometimes I like to get a box of Junior Mints. That would that's my uh, movie theater yeah. popcorn or movie theater candy choice. I like it. And Joe and I were just classic popcorn guys. Yep. Sorry, you don't get anything now, but that's what happens when you're a cheapskate. So. <laughs> I, um, I do. Ha- I do keep a box of popcorn at the house, and for the days that Tiffany has ladies' night or goes okay. on a trip or something, because I, I made the. In my vows, actually, I said that I wouldn't pop co- popcorn in the house while she's home. It was it was like a joke kind of thing, but I've stood by it. So when she's not home, I pop popcorn. <laughs> Claire is gluten free, so occasionally when she's like at a ladies' night, out of town, whatever, I go get fried chicken and sliders Ooh. and stuff she can't eat. Joe, do you have anything like that with your wife? Yeah. So so my wife is also uh, gluten free. She has uh, celiacs, oh. and so. Okay. Uh, yeah, there are there are times where if she's out, I may go get like pizza or something like that. My mom hated Pizza Hut, so every time my mom was gone, me and my brother would get really excited because we knew Dad was going to take us to Pizza Hut. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another one of the SG Drive-In episodes. Next time, we will be covering The Godfather featuring Joe, Will, and TJ. Right, guys? Yep. Yep. Joe, Will, and TJ to talk about another one of those cinematic masterpieces. Everybody has to watch it. The Godfather. So come on back for that. Make sure you go on over to org if you want to find out more about our hosts and the variety of other shows that we're all a part of. And remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.